Hello and welcome to MiceCast with your host, Greg Richard, and Mike is absent, so no bat tonight. Yeah, well, so what happened? I, okay, oh, wait, I, wait let's, I, let's start this over. Hello, welcome to MiceCast with your host, Greg Shaft, and the bat is missing. <laughs> How's that? Where is Mike tonight? I, He's in I, Hilton I Head my... doing some stupid hack training for government employees. Jeez, I had my excuse for last week because last week I had a wedding to go to up in Northern California. So yeah, yeah. I went there, had a good time, had some fun, and um, it was a great wedding. And I can't believe you guys talked about music and I got didn't get a chance to be in on that one. Uh, get over it. Okay, it happened. We're moving on. So we get to uh, do a show tonight that Mike doesn't get to participate in. So, you know, just get over it. Show up. You know, you could have gone online. There are ways to get around it. This is the 21st century, you know. Yes, this is true. There's a but thing called the internet or interweb or whatever they're calling for, that fancy for thing. For those areas that happen to have internet capability. Ah, don't but give there, me your crap. But there are places like up in Sequoia National Forest that, or Sequoia National Park, I should say. That did, did you have cell coverage? No, I didn't, actually. Okay, then, all right. That was my next thing. You could have taken a cell card with you. But all right, let's get over okay. that. We've got an email. From our um, Unabomber guy in Montana. I mean, I'm sorry, that guy was put in jail. Mark in Montana. <laughs> I think he was the neighbor of the Unabomber. Uh, hey, well, by the way, did you ever see America's, Sweethearts, America's Sweethearts? Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> every time I hear the Unabomber now, I think of um, uh, Walken's character, the director, who bought the Unabomber's little shack to do his editing in yes yes i remember that <laughs> although you know i be careful of any mail that you might be getting from mark for the next couple months though. yeah i think but, so but i better okay. be real careful oh so okay so anyways here is the email i'll try not to trip around it too much and can you hear shakespeare because i'm about ready to go smash yes, the crap out yes of him. i you know i'm now now i can hear your wonderful little puppy out there how yeah. how big is that little puppy he's about he's big 80 pounds of 80 pounds and he can... A muscle. Yeah. The last show you missed because you were up playing playing around up north, the the daughter's little yappy dogs was right outside the wall <laughs> screaming, so I was yelling at them. Okay, so I don't know if anyone else in the listening audience would be interested in hearing about working at Disneyland or if Shaft would be interested in talking about it since the mouse still play, pays his mortgage but I would be interested to hear more about working at the park hotel or hotel. What did you do on lunch or breaks at Disneyland? This idea sparked after listening to the 2006 Christmas show. What kind of binnies do you get for working at the park from admission to healthcare and pretty much anything else in between? How well does the park pay employees both on never stage enough. and off? Yeah, never <laughs> enough. Uh, the best part of dealing with the public and the worst cool special events that cast members get to attend. Not so cool cast member events that you have to attend. How much is a magic tainted by working at the park? How much time did you spend in the park when not working? What is Disneyland's stance about talking about the job when one is employed there? If you could work there again, that I guess would be for me, would you and what job would you like to do if you went back, Sans president? What kind of swag do cast members go home with? Legally, I guess he should say. He didn't say that. But uh, any cast members ever get busted stealing stuff from the park? Well, I could tell a few stories about that. Uh, Am I rambling? Yes. Good, he says. 
What <laughs> well, is... we do too, so yeah. join the club. So, What is the most popular attraction cast members want to work on on stage? That may be hard for us since we're not attraction uh, type people, although, but we can give it a stab based on some of our friends. What's the worst job in the park? How have the hiring practices changed in the last 20 years? You'll probably be best to address that. Are they for the better or worse? I think that's rhetorical. Is there an average lifespan of an employee? Oh, I'm sorry. Is there an average lifespan of employment for cast members? Who are the toughest visitors to deal with? Pass holders, foreigners, DFs, locals, Montanians. Oh, I'm sorry. I added that one in. I was, I was going to say, I hope the average <laughs> lifespan is a very long lifespan, yeah. really. <laughs> what is the best shift to work? The worst are the annual bonuses. Oh, see, are there annual bonuses given out? How long does it generally take an employee to work his or what his her way off stage and behind the scenes advancement? I suppose. Uh, let's see, lost and found. What happens to things that aren't claimed? Any Hollywood star sightings while the two of you were working? I think you touched on this with Jeff from Houston and Burnt Toast somewhere. Uh, let's see, that's all I can think of, and that was quite a bit. I think that uh, most Disney geeks, the hosts, the listeners, and myself have often dreamt of working at Disneyland, and I think the discussion about it would be very interesting. Maybe even a roundtable. Well, I don't have a roundtable. I've got a rectangular table, and there's only two of us, so it won't get very round. Anyways, keep up the great work, Mark in Montana. So, first of all, thank you, Mark in Montana, for an interesting email quite wordy and lengthy and all that, but well worth it and a very good subject. And we like it, yes. Yeah, so let's break this thing down, shall we? First of all, I'm going to skip into the middle because we should preface this with um, what is Disneyland's stance about talking about the job when one is employed there? Well, I think... What's your opinion currently? I'll say what I think it was when we were there, but what do you think currently? You know, I think it's kind of a double-edged sword. One as long as you're not talking smack about them for the most part, I mean, you're not really going into the deep, dark secrets of, you know, what, what's Ed Greer's closet look like when you go in there after hours, they really don't care for the most part. But I think Earl over there on the uh, right coast would agree that there are certain things that the company, they, they really would prefer not to spoil what the company sets up on certain things. Well, yeah, we should. You shouldn't spread, you know, false rumors. Uh, you shouldn't, uh, say, air the dirty laundry, though that gets out. But it's best done by those who don't care about doing it and will wreak the consequences uh, when they do do that. Because obviously, with books like behind the uh, what was it? Uh, what's those ones? Behind the wall, of the magic. What was um. Oh, now I can't even think of his names. Koenig. Uh, Koenig, yes. yes. I, I wrote, Bill Handel had him on his show again, and he talked about the third book, and I couldn't resist. I emailed Bill, and I said, um, he's full of crap. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm, half these stories. I said, I've been at the park when some of these stories he's reciting. Because uh, the latest, yeah, actually, the latest one is, yeah, the latest one is actually about Disney World, but I referred him back to the Disneyland one saying, they're full of crap. I said, hey, I'm available. You want to call me? I'm, you know, and Michelle Q, the producer, emailed me back. Said I'll let Bill know, and uh, so, yeah. who knows? Because Bill's a huge um, Disney fan. But uh, I, I'll, I'll say this as far as we're talking about 
things with the company is, and we've kind of hit upon this a couple times when we're going to, especially with the work that I do there, there are certain things that I have flat out say I cannot talk about on certain things. And and you, you'll agree with me that... Um, are you being those, censored? No, I'm not being censored. It's just that it's probably best that I don't talk about them. Okay, well, for, for one, part, they can't censor you. And two, yes, it's just in your best interest not to talk about it. Yeah, I, there's... C- certain... Censorship is the power of the government, not a a business owner. I don't know. Disney has far-reaching... Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but but you know, but at the same token, the company. I've also mentioned that there are a number of people that are in the higher up places that have come, kind of come by and said, "Oh, that was nice sound." I'm going, "What?" And just finally, that little wink, wink. Oh, so you're listening to the show? You figured out that I'm I'm on the show, and uh, they actually have kind of. Uh, given me little hints of certain things that have ha- gone on that we've talked about as well. Not so much as trying to put their little spin on things, which I'm sure they'd like to, but it, you know, there, there's the old saying, there's no such thing as bad press. And our show, as well as the rest of the uh, Disney Podcast Network, brings a lot of uh, diverse press towards the uh, parks and to the company in general. Yeah, uh, pretty Pretty well stated. Okay, so let's break this thing down. Um, so obviously the first paragraph, you don't mind talking about it. We're going to talk about what it's like to work at the park. Screw the hotel. That was, you know, the hotel was where people went when they couldn't get hired at Disneyland, right? <laughs> oh, so that's why uh, Mike went over there. That's why the bat went over there. That is correct. Wait, where did the bat come from? That is That was his call sign when he was a... You know, don't let him fool you that he was a naval aviator because he rode on things. He didn't actually fly. Him. He was a he was a backseater. He's a crew chief. Um, so, but you know, he still get his wings and all that crap. Go through all the training. So good for him. Um, but that was his nickname from the service, and he told the story. Oh, huh. I guess you slept through that podcast, or maybe didn't show up to the studio that night. Uh, but he did explain how he got the nickname. So. No, I'm- still remember i just don't remember that specifically but anyways, okay that's good so. it, obviously your memory is gone with the hair so moving yes, on has. what did you do on lunch and breaks at disneyland um and <laughs> what kind of bennies do you get for working at the park from a mission to healthcare? anything in between how well does the park pay the employee employees both on stage and off stage employees still not enough and the best part of dealing with the public best and worst okay so let's try to break that that little paragraph had quite a few questions in it so what do you do on lunch and breaks well um you eat pick you take nose. a crap yeah. You, you, yeah you're right you pick your nose you don't ride attractions um on no. although you can in the instance of being the guinea pig when a new attraction uh is testing at least when in my day like on um for instance on splash if you were on your break or lunch you could go ride splash and be a guinea pig you know, you tell me. Yeah. Have they, they had they any still, guinea pigging yeah. attractions while uh, you've been there well, lately? Flash was coming back up from a rehab, and they uh, had some new operating systems. So yeah, they had guinea pigs on that. Same as pirates when the pirates came up two years ago after that major rehab. Well, obviously, they didn't have enough guinea pigs on that because that didn't open so smoothly. No, oh, I don't know. That wasn't too Will bad. Will you stop turning your God blessed mic on and off? 
Well, it's better. Better. I'm all choked up from the. Uh, you I don't know, just the last... cough. I, I can't stand hearing that thing <laughs> click on and on. Okay. So, anyways, so... Uh, uh, but yes, and we're all kind of looking forward to now. Uh, they're getting ready to. Uh, they're actually cycling through, I believe, operating the new uh, Midway Madness attraction over in California Adventure. So we're all kind of uh, chomping at the bit, ready to. Oh yeah, we'll go sit in there. We'll 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 see what it's like. We'll go. Although you don't really need guinea pigs on that, but we're all ready to go jump in on that one. The moment well, we you, have you a... still do because you still have to work the. Okay, how long <laughs> does it take to load? Yeah, there's a theoretical. I should be able to load a passenger every three seconds or whatever it is. But right. until you're really forced with a line, I'm sorry, a queue, uh, you don't really have experience in, in shuffling and cycling through. What do you do now that you got your ride stop? Okay, wait. We gotta stop. Gotta get people off. So, you know, these are all good things for the cast members to go through. And on a uh, side note of the benefits, uh, we do have the annual Christmas party, the family Christmas party, where you have cast members and their families uh, coming to the park in the evening for a private party. And during those nights, you'll have cast members that are working that will go ride. That are at that time, we're allowed to ride the rides. We'll go on the rides with our families during the uh, party. Yeah, that's that's the rare exception. But that, I actually do that, miss that's the... That's the only exception there. Yeah, I do miss the Christmas party, though I thought it started to derail a little bit, and, and this will sound really bad. But, you know, when I first started, WDI and Disneyland were the only people who got to go to the party. Then we took on Rather... And so then the hotel was the hotel folks. Then and the, the Queen yeah. Mary the Queen Marion hotel. So then those folks started coming on and then we really scraped the bottom of the barrel and we picked up ABC. And <laughs> so then, you know, the ABC cast members were coming. Then they had to make it multiple nights and it kind of lost its special little family party atmosphere. Uh, and you, every year you got a Christmas ornament when you left. And there was one year I couldn't actually stay the whole, I mean, I, Practically couldn't even go, but I went long enough to get in and have them open the gates again and start giving out the um, Christmas ornaments because that was like that was the thing for me that I wanted to get a Christmas ornament for every year I worked there from the party. And, you know, I got to say the Christmas parties aren't quite the way they were years ago. The The whole purpose back th was it was a family Christmas party and this was like your extended family. You had your work family and your home family coming together and it, and it had a really good feel to it. Uh, one of the fun things was all your management, especially your upper management uh, would work the different attractions and would work different things. It was great. Michael Eisner was always over at the uh, Coke corner on main street serving hot dogs and chili and pretzels and Frank Wells was always driving one of the 03 cars up and down Main Street. And you would see different people like that. And, of course, um, Ron Dominguez, one of his favorite things, he would be back out over on the river area or in the Haunted Mansion working on one of those. Now you really don't see it that much. You don't see uh, the management near as much involved as they used to be. Um it's it's kind of gone a, kind of lost a lot of the uh, sort of the uh, the little home touches the little personal touches, and the only reason is is that I can see of that is just what I've said so many times before is we're just 
a victim of our own success. We've just grown so large. When you were working there, we were a nice little company. At, little, we were a nice little company that had just under five thousand people working, and now we have over almost twenty-five thousand people working. You just can't have that same personal touch like you used well, to have. I think I did kind of mention that when I said we brought on rather than we brought on ABC and just got well, yeah, large, you kind of multiple that. nights, and you but lost a lot of that. Added, no, I didn't lose upon that, but I'm also saying that we also built. No, I said we lost other, on the uh, homey, the homey small group of people. You know, it's, yeah. But, you also okay. had what? What was the? Um, uh, what's the lithograph? artist that uh, everybody Charles, Boy. Charles Boyer was always what did you say Boyer I said Boyer. Oh. it's Boyer you're right Pull but it can't be out. pronounced Boyer I, yeah I guess somewhere in the world someone could put the hair up their ass and say it that way well um, that's like that's like being able to say Foyer which is the correct pronunciation of Foyer not Foyer well I don't believe I ever say Foyer so but they're spelled the same way O-Y-E-R uh, Moving on, he was always <laughs> there signing uh, a Christmas or some kind of lithograph. So you had those kind of things going on. Also, you might see Tony Baxter working an attraction. You had a ton of uh, photograph spots that they were giving you free Polaroids in my day of shots with the ca our characters, which were huge lines, by the way. I think we got, what, free popcorn, a free picture, and no, your ornament. Popcorn. I, th I think the lowest those little tiny, is like a dime. A quarter dime something. Okay. Yeah. That might as well be free compared to what is it now, five or six bucks a box? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, and nowadays you don't have near the uh, deals. You, you don't have your quarter popcorn. The popcorn's still like a buck or two, a couple bucks. And you still have pictures. You still get a free picture. Of course, now they're, di they're done with digital cameras, and you have to uh, wait a couple days to get them. Uh, which, you know, has its good and bad. They're higher quality than getting a Polaroid, but you still have very long lines waiting to get and hopefully they don't uh, change the characters out by the time you that, get up that, there. That happened to us more than once, so we said, okay, we just let people go past us because, you know, they'd cycle them out every 15, 20 minutes or so. Yeah, well, I think we were waiting for Ariel once, and it switched out to, you know, some retarded character that, you know, like Oswald the Rabbit or something. You know, Oswald wasn't back in the family back then, but you know, you get my gist that it was, yeah. you know, not the person you wanted. It'd probably be like one of the the field mice from Cinderella, who who in their right mind. I mean, you literally did see some characters. Yes. Yeah. You usually would. There was always a character that would show up that you're like, they never have this one in the park. Why is it yeah. at the Christmas party? You know. Yeah, uh, we actually got our picture taken with uh, a couple of years ago with Jiminy Cricket. Wow, that's been a long time since I've seen <laughs> seen that little uh, insect in the park. Wow. So, now, was it a six foot tall Jiminy Cricket, or was no? It, it was only it was only five. Only five. five. <laughs> it's still a pretty tall Jiminy Cricket. It was a pretty big Cricket. Okay, so um, right now when I worked there, we got as a as a hourly employee who hadn't reached their ten or fifteen. I think it was ten years when I was there. Changed to fifteen now. I think uh, you had your your. Your blue pass or your blue, um, your uh, main gate pass. Main cap pass, and there was a silver pass for salaried or long-term employees that yes. got you. When I was there, twelve sign-ins, four per quarter or three four per, per quarter. Four, yeah, yeah, three per three per quarter. Now they've gone to what? Now my understanding, 
Uh, now I'll say I, I have the silver pass, so I get to pretty much sign in any time, except they do have blockout dates. And nope. I got to say the blockout dates that are in the park are things like 4th of July, Christmas Day, uh, Days you really don't want to be there. Yeah, days I really yeah exactly. Okay, so so I, left not, in, I left in I left in 1998, and there were no blockouts. Uh, let me think. When I first no, got there, there were, there were still, they, were, they still had like Christmas Day. And there were Fourth no blockouts when I first started, but by the time I left, I think maybe New Year's Eve, the day the day of New Year's Eve, or was that those the scary little secret one where. You could get in the park. You could stay into the party. There was a few weird quirks where if you knew what was going on, you could get in. But there was there was hardly any blockout. It was, uh, in fact, yeah. no. I'm a, when I first went, I'm 100 percent positive I could go every day. By the time I left, it's like either the last week of December, uh, maybe a week in Easter. There was there were some small blockouts, but I'll, I'll take a look because somewhere around here I still have all my old passes. Yeah, so do I. I came across one just the other day, and as as we're talking, it might even make an appearance. But, but go ahead. I was going to say the main gate passes I know have changed a little bit over the last couple of years in particular. One of the things is you get. I've been told you now get your main gate pass the day you get hired on. You don't have to wait anymore for one. Uh, you know, I could check with the daughter because she uh, I think got it's bumped since... down to a seasonal, but she was a casual regular. And see, a lot of her friends already had annual passes. I don't think she got one. I think it was past probation. So 60 days, 30 days, whatever probation is. Yeah. See, that's what I always was told, and that's what I always learned is you had to go past probation. And then somebody told me, nope, nope, the moment you get hired on, you, it's part of the package they hand you during orientation. But regardless, yeah, that is one of the nice little benefits is you do have a uh, – you can you can come into the park anytime just using your ID, but you can also bring uh, family and friends using your uh, main gate pass coming into the park. Now, is your main gate pass still a physical pass, or is it part of your ID now? It's a physical, still a separate physical pass. It's separate from your ID. I thought I had one laying here, but you know what I did find is some of the fun little things we used to carry on our person when I worked there. Like, um, I could tell you that Alice is a three minute and 51 second trip time. <laughs> you got your, own, your little stat card there. Yeah, you know, four guests per unit. And uh, so, and then I've got my. You know, oh, 10-3. Yeah, I know what that means, 10-29. Except, except yeah. according to Al, you can't put four guests on Alice anymore because, well, guests are so much bigger now. Al putts. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, funny story. I started on Graveyard, and it didn't take me too long to work my way into communications for whatever reason. And uh, on Graveyard, when we'd come on at 11 back in those days, shoot, the park was still open to 1 in the morning a lot. And I got a call about someone in the parking lot. Some lady had her purse stolen. So I'd had very little training. This is, was unusual for the day because, for the most part, security used to do a, a shitload of trading, training. So I was working the graveyard shift, and I forgot what I'm looking for. Oh, so I'm told that this person got robbed. Right. Okay. I put out a call for a 211 in the parking lot in the location. 
<laughs> okay. A two eleven is what? A two eleven is a rob a physical robbery where somebody is physically attacking you and physically taking your property away from you. Okay. On the little cheater card that they have in the communication, it says two eleven robbery. In my simple little mind of the day, a robbery was somebody stealing something from you. No one said anything about it being armed robbery. If it would have been armed robbery, robbery, shouldn't they have written armed robbery or at least given us some kind of uh, oh. orientation about what robbery means to the Disney people? Every yeah. all of a sudden, I see all these supervisors. I mean, the the whole the house, if you want to call it the house, is clearing out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, a and particular supervisor came up to me after all this happened and says, why did you call a 211? I said, well, I was told that this person was, you know, like knocked over whatever purse was grabbed and he and they ran. I said, and I'm going down the list. I'm showing him this. What else would I have picked from this list to say this? And, I, and he says, because that means armed robbery, like with a gun or a knife. I said, it doesn't say that here on the list. And he pretty much walked away. I never heard about it again. I just well, kind of checked it off in the back of my mind that that is now <laughs> armed robbery and not just <laughs> robbery. So Yeah, well, actually, you know, I, I would have to agree with you in that case. That was, If they were pushed over and it was physically taken, that, that was a 211. That's a robbery, yeah. So, anyways, that was kind of funny, but I have all the codes here. You know, the the 101s, the 105s. Uh, um, I guess I could tell. I mean, almost everybody in the internet knows what the different. Uh, well, I was codes I was going to say, you know, somebody's going to go, oh, are you guys really supposed to be talking about that? Uh, you know, the codes that we use at Disneyland are the same codes that the police use. It's done specifically for the purpose that when you're going back and forth with the local agencies, whether it's the police. Uh, highway patrol or the sheriff's department you are basically working out the same book honestly the codes come directly from the california penal code 211 is the penal code for a robbery so that's yeah, but why you know most most agencies or i shouldn't say most many agencies just use plain speak anymore for one yeah a lot of them do almost every part of the other reason i understood and i was told that we used them was for the simple fact that if someone was actually uh, listening to our conversation, though we were supposed to be unscrambled. It's what they told me when I got there, but whether or not it's true or not, don't go into the details because you'll bore the hell out of me. But uh, let's, just, <laughs> let's just go from the, 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 the possibility that we had a scrambled channel nobody could listen. But if in the case that some shortwave radio operator, someone was able to get on our frequency and listen, and you would think that those people would probably know these kind of codes, but in general they wouldn't necessarily know what we're talking about. Uh, I know Anaheim PD at the time did use these codes. In fact, I couldn't help but again, get in my mode. I'm, I lived in West Anaheim for a long time and it sounded like there was, you know, uh, some spousal abuse going on next door or some domestic violence, picked up the phone called nine one one. And I forgot what domestic violence is now, but uh, it was on the list. And I just automatically said, I think I've got a blah, 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 blah. She goes, are you a peace officer? What? I almost laughed. I said, no, sorry. I work at Disneyland Security and Communications. She's like, oh, hey, how you doing? And next thing you know, the cops were right there. Yeah. You know, they they trusted that I knew what I was talking about based on where the job was. 
But I, I'll say, you know, police the police agencies still use it. See, here's the big thing with with well, don't codes. don't just I, say I'm, that I'm as just... an absolute statement because many don't. They should literally say stolen car robbery. They don't go through the the, the jargon because it's just half the time it's a waste well, of time. I'm I'm going from I'm going from the experience I had on on this and working with some other some of the agencies locally. Around I'm not here. saying some that don't, but there's many. I mean, but that still do, I'm, but many still don't. So I'm just. Let me back up here. They still use it because the code does come straight out of the penal book. So when you're going to write out your report and you're you're seeing what the law was that was being used, it's the same code. So that's why the codes were used. Most of your police today are using your uh, computer assisted, your computer aided dispatching, which they don't even give a radio dispatch over the radio half the time unless it's something urgent they type it into the computer and the computer in the car comes up with the information that the officer can just take a look at it and at that point yeah some of it's in code it, it's a kind of a shorthand some of it's in code some of it's just plain speak the whole purpose of using the code was just to use it as a shorthand to make it a little bit shorter on the airtime, shorter on being able to get you got the point across you don't have to say well i'm having this you know Domestic disturbance and everything, you just say, yeah, there's a, you know, 459 or whatever you want to say going on. That's not disturbance. That's <laughs> that's something else entirely. That's burglary. But, yeah. But, um, see, this is where we got the 5150, which uh, we kind of got our smackdown by somebody out there in our audience because I used 5149 and a half as, as a joke because we had a couple officers that were 5149 and a half. Uh, but it, 5150 is a mental case, according to my list well, here. And that's yeah, there, there, there's two there's two references. 5150 is your general benign type of mental case uh, or whatever. And then you have your 918V, which is your violent mental case. And by the way, you know, I was watching, I, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's a um, um, special on, it's been on History Channel more than once. And it's about the North Hollywood bank robbery the very famous north hollywood bank robbery that, yeah, that was a nasty for, one. forced the Here's... the police the swat guy i mean we grew up on the show swat right right and swat i forgot the guy's names but they they look cool they jumped through windows they rolled they got in this big you know paneled van thing and they went out there with their m16s or what looked like m16s and took yeah, care of the, took care yeah. of the bad guys right all right well we get out to this north hollywood robbery uh let's see we don't have any, you know, military-grade weapons. We've got shotguns. Well, we've got our pistols. There's no sniper available. It's taken them forever to get there. Now, granted, you know, the the SWAT teams aren't all sitting around like they did in the TV show. They're part of other units, and they call the guys, and they got their shit with them in their cars, and then they, they all go. But the funny, funny, ironically funny, they had to go to, I think it was B&B Guns, and get a bunch yeah. of crap to go fight these guys. Yeah, because uh, your shotguns are designed for general riot suppression, short, you know, just to be able to knock the guy over. Getting to the point, though, they played a lot I, of the uh, the uh, radio traffic. Mm -hmm. Not one code was used, because I was just reading the 999 one, which we all know what that is. Yeah. And well, they, they none of that stuff was used, and that, that was actually needed more than once. It was pretty much all... 100% plain speak through the whole thing. I mean, it's... it's well, that, that, and that's something that everybody's always taught is that the codes are there for shorthand and try to keep things nice and neat. But if you're... You're just not going to give up that not everybody uses the code anymore. And 
In fact, I know some of the guys, you know, because we all know the same officers over oh, this, this, in, this, in this Anaheim. Is going, this, this is going into a whole argument that we'll, no, we'll no, get no, into. I'm just saying a lot of them didn't even write there. When they'd have us sign those little reports they would do, there was never Joe, you know, John Doe 459 and then he 1099 and then he 1014 and we were code 104. That's a whole other thing I won't even go into. You know, they wrote but, out well, the report in this, this plain language. Yeah. Who? Because remember, was... they're not lawyers. We're not lawyers. We're not supposed to be interpreted. These are used, like you said, a shorthand, not to write up legal documents. So, like when Time I wrote, the subject. when I wrote my report, I would write, I saw, I, I, you know, you never made assumptions. I saw he did this. I didn't see that. You, you kept it really plain, simple, to the point. But, like you say, since you want to change the subject. Uh, what kind of binnies? We already talked about. You do get park admission. There, you know, there's little freebies you used to get. I don't know if you still get them. We'd get pins on special occasions. We'd get uh, a button here and there. We, we used to get uh, what tickets two or three times a year. Ticket, yeah, we, we still get the tickets now and then. Um, more more than than now. Uh, uh, isn't that always the, true though? I, I hear my brother-in-law not saying ah. You know, we get hardly get crap anymore. Now, he's very pessimistic, so I don't know if that's true. I mean, when I worked there, every day of the week, I could sign somebody in. Every you know, day the park was open, I could sign three people in. It didn't even matter what my dependency was. As a single guy, I get to sign three people in. People would be waiting by the front gate, knowing where cast members sign people in. Hey, will you take me in, too? Ah, come on in. I don't care. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I say that. But there's still a little tongue in cheek there. I could say, "Oh yeah, I remember getting tickets all the time." The only time I remember getting tickets was they gave you tickets for the summer, and then they generally gave you tickets for Christmas. Yep, that's about right. Say, and I could go, "Oh, you know, I seem to remember. Oh, we used to get this all the time." Hey, guess what? I just got in the mail some tickets yeah. for. Hey, we're entering into the spring and summer season. Here's some tickets. And guess what? I got tickets this last Christmas. The past too. is always so, better, right? I mean, right, that's it. So, according you know, to we everybody, still... we miss Camelot. Camelot never happened, but according to a lot of people, we missed it. But, you know, I we still get the tickets. That's really nice. And they and yeah, there's some really uh uh nice items that they do come on real Sometimes they're free. Sometimes they're at really inexpensive things. And now, of course, they're, they they're have... really they're they're OK. Forget it. I'm not going to. Well, I was going to say tonight. I was going to say we you get there's the good old Company D. And I remember you spent one or two paychecks going into Company D now and then. And how well, could you I, not? I you spent could... money. I didn't spend a full paycheck, but I did. I did frequent it and I knew the days they got deliveries. So I knew when stuff was coming in. But Company D has changed enormously since I was there. It, it has changed enormously. But I was going to say we still do have some nice things that are exclusive to Company are D. Exclusive, well, they're exclusive to Company D that you can purchase. But I was going to say some things that they might be taking out of the parks. Uh, oh, yeah. What, you gave, me, you gave me the tickets they, to go over there at Christmas, and I could have bought China sets out of a restaurant. I could have bought chairs out of a restaurant. Uh, okay, we're not going to sell these shirts out of pirates anymore. You can get those. They decided to change the design of a pirate shirt. So you'll be able to go in there and buy a pirate shirt for a quarter. But on the other hand, I went in there and bought the Haunted Mansion Big Fig because we went in the park to buy it, if you remember correctly. Right. They said, oh, it's over at Company D. We went over to Company D and we purchased it. Two weeks later, it was back in the park. 
Sometimes it happens, but you got to admit. I wonder if that's was, a, that was a snafu in the uh, warehouse more than anything. Yeah, but regardless, it was a pretty good price. Oh, yeah, I can't argue with that. And, yeah, that's Company D is not a bad deal. I mean, it's it was much more convenient when it was at the park. But I guess if you're not working, it's more convenient now than. Yeah. And they've actually gone into, I don't know if you've gone to the new place, which is so much larger. Yes, I did. It's, it's like it's, a warehouse okay, now. They got it, so much going. No, it's not like a warehouse. It is it a warehouse. Is a warehouse yes. But here's the problem with the new location. You didn't bother to tell me when you gave me the ticket to go in that it was at a new location. So I drove to the old location. Oops. Saw the sign. <laughs> figured it out parking sucks truck okay i'll grant you on that one it's made as a warehouse warehouse parking regulations or as you say parking guidelines might be one space for every hundred square feet retail should be one space for every you know i mean it's much different yes it's much different and generally warehouses you only have a couple yeah exactly a christmas advertised warehouse you only have a couple dozen people i went in there through the holidays and it was a zoo yeah and the parking spaces are really small uh plus you got all those illegals disneyland hires that can't drive and you know are uh, taking up all this i just i i i take i take i take uh challenge on that one we don't have any illegals i bet we 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 were uh, investigated on that a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah, I'm find sure. That every one of them was proper. Yeah, I bet. Had their proper documentation. Oh, yeah, they might have documentation, whether or not it's it's a real hey, documentation. The I, or INS came in and oh. threatened it. Said, if they hey, haven't recognized that the, the park ticket takers are doing a security function at the security checkpoint yet, then I doubt if they, uh, you know, were that <laughs> thorough on a couple of illegal aliens working in the in the hotel or somewhere. But moving on. Um, discounts. We got some pretty good discounts well, that, around there. It, well, discount. Yeah, we get what 20 percent right away when you start, right? Right. And then it goes up to thirty five percent after five years. Uh, I think it's five, five or ten years. Yeah. Uh, I got it. It must have been five because I was there just ten, and I had it at five. Okay. Um, or I had it somewhere in there, so it probably was about the five point. And that's not bad because when I go to the park now, I look at something. I'm like, crap. I need to call Richard. <laughs> or I, you know, I, I've I've got my threshold of what I'm willing to pay retail for, and what I'm getting Richard. To Great, buy. now you're getting me in trouble. <laughs> yeah, but you never buy me anything because you always have cash on hand to purchase these things. So, um, uh, let's see. Um, the so, benefits that we. Oh, well, and oh, wait. <laughs> what? Here's one benefit that we've talked about a couple times uh, on discounts. You can. Being with the company, you can get some really serious uh, discounts on room and trips. Yeah, but from what I hear, that's more geared toward just going out to Florida than the Floridians coming out to California. Okay, that that might be true because, be honest, I really haven't looked to stay out here in, you know, yeah, well, yeah, why would you? But yeah, yeah, oh yeah, there's some killer deals when you go to Florida. You don't have to. You use your main gate pass. But it doesn't count against it, and you can go every day into the park for free. And at certain right. times a year, you can get really, really deep discounts. Now, at other times of years, you sometimes, like when we went during Fat and Happy 07 in October, we had a couple cast members with us. It was actually a better deal 
for us to purchase the hotel room, get the dining, then what the cast member discount would be, and then purchasing the dining at retail. Uh, oh, yeah? Because, yeah, because we got free dining. So okay. as a cast member with this discount of maybe 10 or 15% during that season, would not have got free dining. Would have had to right. pay for it. So the ones of us who were going who were non-cast members buying the the hotel package with the free dining, so the cast members would have had to pay for the, you know It just worked out better for him just to get the room and get the free dining. So it doesn't always work, but you've went a couple times, stayed at a deluxe resort for less than oh. what I've paid at a value sometimes. Exactly, and that, that has been really, i got to say, nice. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a great thing, and your 35% uh, discount for merchandise extends to that park also, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, so, so now, uh, health care, you know, yes, they have health care. It's not as good as it used to be. It's not not as ex- all-inclusive as it used to be, but you still have a, um, a cafeteria package to pick from, right, to get health care? Well, I was, was going to say, you know, from – I don't re- – in your day, did you have the multiple different? Okay, when it's uh, when it started, you, you had a choice of like two or three different healthcare systems. That's just oh, yeah, you, yeah. you take Kaiser, a, you take you took eighty twenty, or you did this, and then they changed it to the the cat what is called the cafeteria plan. Okay, you make so much, you have so many benefits that entitles you to so many benefit or Disney benefit dollars. I can go with normal vision or high vision or medium vision. I can go with normal health care, high health care, and they all cost a certain amount of dollars. I didn't right. need dental because the, the old lady works for a, a dentist. So, oh, okay, so zero. The now, not yeah. the smoke not wife anymore? Well, it's both of those. Yeah. So oh, okay. You, you eliminate dental, and I go high vision, or you go add a little for long-term disability. And, and, you know, you had this total cafeteria plan, and it, I actually thought that worked out much better. Yeah, we still, for the most part, have that. Uh, we have a couple different companies that they, they go through. One is Kaiser, another is Cigna. Uh, I'm trying to remember who the uh, third one is that's in there, into the mix. But, you know, people can say how bad it is or how good it is. You and I have had our discussions between the benefits you've had working for. Uh, I don't know what you have on the company you currently work with, but your previous company. I got to say, I think I had a pretty pretty good deal. No, uh, I, you you have had a better. I that's the one thing I lost when I went into architecture. First of all, I lost five dollars an hour when I took my first architecture job from what I was making at Disneyland, and on top of that, I went from full medical coverage at Disneyland to only having coverage for myself, and then having to purchase coverage for uh, the family outside. Because believe it or not, on a lot of healthcare plans in companies. It's actually more expensive to pay for the dependents through the company's healthcare than you can just go buy it on the street. Yeah. So I, I, I went to the negative, but now in the long term, I've done much better than working at Disney, where I'd be at Disneyland today if I had not moved up into management or something like that. Um, well, you know, yeah, th- there's no doubt you, you're you personally are much better off on on things, but we're just talking on the on the medical benefit plan there. For Disney, I th- well, that's I think what I'm saying. It's, it's it, it, the, for what you're paid, you have excellent medical coverage. Yeah, and not just you, but you know, you're at the high end, and we'll get to that on the pay thing. You know, security's at the high end of non-skilled labor. So, if you're a full time or um, whatever they consider benefit full time, which is probably 32 hours, um, you could be the lowest paid employee. But being full thirty, you know, being a full time employee to get your benefits, actually, Kendra 
No, I shouldn't have said that. My daughter, uh, <laughs> as a Oops. as a casual, not ca- yeah, casual regular, whatever they call that position now, she had benefits. They were pretty limited because she <laughs> she was single, and you know there were some deductibles and stuff. But considering if you were pushing hamburgers over at McDonald's, you'd get squat. You know, so uh, well, I'd... you know, well, I, I also look at it, you refer to it as the cafeteria plan. I kind of look at that as even that's part of the benefit of it. In your case, you didn't need the uh, dental plan because, well, your wife worked in a dental office. You can go through that. So you could take that out and save that money and use it towards something else. Uh, in some cases, if I choose to decide one day and i've been kind of looking around at this i might take some of my family members out and look at getting insurance on the outside where i might be able to get a better plan for them i have the option that i can take them out save them money on that and use it towards something else it's not an all or nothing plan that so many companies have well this is our plan this is what you have and you really don't have a choice in it they have uh, really a lot of choices right, but if you, that's if, one of the biggest things with it no i actually like the cafeteria plan it's not said as a negative it's actually a good thing but even if you took your family out of it you couldn't add that much to your cafeteria plan that i don't believe it would make it worth it for you but for a place like where I've worked, where, okay, they cover the employee and you want to add them on, it's very costly. But in a cafeteria plan, um, it's actually probably better off for you to keep them in the plan because, okay, you could up your vision. How often do you really use vision? You could maybe up your long-term disability or – see, they had two. They had short-term disability and long-term disability that you could you could up your insurance there. You know, you could go high dental maybe. I bet you're better off right now keeping the whole family in it. Well, that's that's where I've been on so far. But I was going to say you're talking about the vision. Um, I am. I don't think it was you. It was another friend of ours that um, ended up having family members that was working over there, where they needed glasses, and the glasses they needed tended to be rather expensive. So they did pay the little extra to have a higher vision plan. So they had the cheaper deductible. Yeah, I, think, I think it was five Disney dollars to go in my day to go to and, the higher plan. And for myself, you know, knock on wood, fortunately, I didn't need, nobody in my family really needed glasses or should say needed glasses at all. And so I took the lower basic part of it and, you know, saved that money on that end and then added a little bit more into life insurance, you know, the life insurance part of it or whatever else you want yeah. to put into it. Okay. So, yeah, it's really nice. But Yeah, so let's anyways. move on off of that. So, obviously, there's some benefits to employees. Um, you know, how well does the park pay, you know, on stage versus off stage? And that's... Not enough still. Well, <laughs> I'm sure you could even find the highest paid executive that still think he's undervalued. We always. Well, I'll always yeah. say that I'm, I'm never paid well, enough. So. Every person always thinks they're underpaid or undervalued, underappreciated. That's just well, nature. It, I don't know too many people. Now, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know too many people that think they're paid just right, no, or overpaid, know, or something. Most people tend to think their value is a little higher. But moving on off of that, that's, that's philosophical. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to say with the payment, you just have I to, think, don't you? Yes, I do. Doggone it. The man asked a question. I'm going to answer it. Damn it. What, what question are you answering on, on the pay? Well, that's on, what I'm on, trying to on, get to on stage versus 
offstage page. You can't really definitely define it as onstage, offstage. No, it's page. defined to the job. Well, it is defined to the job, but you, what he might be referring to is offstage might be, he might be thinking more supervisorial. Yeah. But offstage would also mean carpenters, mechanics, um, engineers, uh, clerical. Uh, you know, there's a whole litany of offstage um, pay scales, right. higher and lower than what's on stage. And, you know, it goes into, I think, the individual in the particular area that that person's in. I, for a lot of your hourly work, whether it's skilled, unskilled, or anything, you got to remember <laughs> Disneyland, as with most of the California end of the Disney company, is extremely highly unionized. And uh, they there, there are distinct... Uh, pay rates that each of the unions are going to demand, so to speak, on their uh, for their. Yeah. They're not uh, the, exactly the most strongest unions, but they do cause their problems. And I'll, yeah, and and I'll say this is very different than what Walt Disney World has. Uh, Florida is a right to work state where, yeah, they might have unions, but they really have zero power out there. Well, we also are a right to work state it well what it works a little differently out there you do not have to join the union here you do not have a choice now some teachers unions like we you still do and i had a lot of teachers who worked with us part-time and one of the rabble rousers uh i asked him i said well do you do this with your own teachers union he says i'm not a member of my teachers union i'm like whoa 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 wait i thought you had to be a member he says no i have to pay dues but I'm not a member of the union. He, he philosophically was against the union. So his money is paid, but it goes somewhere else, charity or something. It's the way he gets around it. So he doesn't deal with the union, but you, you can't say that he doesn't benefit from their pay scales. I'm sure he's right. still paid with their, their pay scales. Uh, security so, is the highest non-skilled labor in the park still, isn't it? Not necessarily. Um, well, this is what I was going to get to is when you go into like your skilled laborers, like your operating engineers, steam fitters, plumbers, carpenters, a lot of that is pretty well set industry standard almost because you're dealing with union, dealing directly with union halls, especially when you're trying to get extra people, you're going into the union halls and they're going to have a set pay scale of what they're expecting for their well, people. There's a yes and no there. For example, a carpenter and, and when building is good out there. A carpenter can make a lot more money in the building in industry when work is good or in finished finish carpentry on his own. But yeah. here's, the, here's the caveat. When you're doing that, you potentially might be purchasing your own health insurance. If it rains, you're sent home, you don't get paid. At Disney, when you're a carpenter, it doesn't matter if it rains. You have work to do back in the shop. A lot okay. of the guys will work for less hourly wages because it's guaranteed work. It's it's steady work. Yeah, not yeah. Well, yeah, you're it's guaranteed and steady. If you're unless they they scale back, you have a full time job. You will be there forty yeah. hours a week. You won't have to worry about if the housing industry slows down. If you can get the next finished job doing someone's kitchen, you are working all the time. And they they don't make as much. They they make good money. But I was surprised. To find out they didn't make as much as I thought they did when I got a copy of their union contract. Um, yeah. Now I'll mention for what 
we'll say for lack of a better term, all your onstage people, your ride operators, your sweepers, uh, your food people, they all have, they're all union people for the most part. There are a couple non-union areas. Uh, even in your exceptions, inter- yeah. There are a few exceptions. Even in your entertainment, that most of them are union. There are, however, some exceptions that are non-union. I will say, in the pet there, this is this is a hard one because this is this is one where I'm going to be treading some water on this one. They the pay is decent. I'm not going to say what, it's don't, bad. Don't tell everybody else. Just tell me, and then I'll tell them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You ready for this, Greg? Yeah. The pay is decent, but in the market that you have going on today, it's not near as competitive as it has been in the past. Well, let's let's just take some round numbers. Uh, let's say in my day, and this this isn't the right number. I got paid ten bucks an hour, and probably at some point in my career, I did get paid ten bucks an hour there. Then, um, and if I wanted to go get a mall security job, rent a cop, sometimes carrying a sidearm, which is scary in itself. At the same time, that might have been a four and a half, five dollar an hour job. So I'm paid double almost. Today, that 10-hour job at Disney is maybe an 8 or $9 an hour job in the mall. And the hassles of working for Disney and their scheduling and their public is much different. And the differential might not be worth it. Well, you're, you're going from it from just the one angle there. I'm talking yes, about I am. in general. I'm talking about, okay, doing food work working fast food at Disneyland, flipping hamburgers and serving hamburgers at the Tomorrowland Terrace compared to literally going across the street to McDonald's. and No, doing I, well, duh. It's just, I, I use security as an example. You went to foods. It's the same sa- example. In fact, when I worked there, there were signs in that McDonald's offering like 10 20 an hour, which was more than you could come on in outdoor vending or foods at the time at Disneyland caveat to that at mcdonald's was they only wanted you to work three days a week and you know why why they wouldn't have to pay you benefits you're part-time no part-time employee with less than x amount of hours at mcdonald's is not going to get benefits au contraire because i actually have some friends that were working in foods a couple years ago as well as recent as about 2 years ago when we were doing the 50th anniversary they were working in foods and they were ups- they were arguing the fact when they were going through contracts because mcdonald's across the street was paying about 25 or 50 cents an hour more and you got as a part-time employee full benefits and you were included in their 401k plan I have a hard time a believing that. I don't believe it. And that, that, and that was some of the arguments. And that's that's where I was getting at is. I don't believe um, it. In fact, I know for a fact when it was there, it was a part-time, no benefits, limited. But they needed people for peak well, periods. After after the show, I'll I'll give you the name. And you know what? I don't, I don't give a shit because I'm not going to work at McDonald's. But, but and I don't but, believe that half, half of the average part-time employees at McDonald's are getting full benefits. That's part of the whole argument for the people who think there should be, you know, living wages for everybody. I'm sorry, a guy pushing a hamburger at McDonald's, it's an important job because I want my fatty McDonald's hamburger. I am that just saying. That job is not worth asked, as much as some other jobs. You, you asked the question. You're not there. I am. You haven't talked to him. Currently. So, yes, I'm saying at my time when but I was there, I'm saying, not I'm true. Saying it's, you know, it's decent pay, 
but I'm saying in the current market that's around in that neighborhood, at, at least in that neighborhood, I would say it's not necessarily as competitive as it once was. No, I totally when agree. I, when it's I, not when as I, competitive. When I worked, when I worked at, when I worked years ago, when I first started, I made a lot. What I refer to as, you know, eighteen-year-old kid, out, fresh out of high school, I made some, some really good money because I wasn't making minimum wage. I was making a fair amount over minimum wage. Well, when I started at not, I started at not probably. Close to a year before you started at Disneyland. And yeah. within six months, you were almost making double of what I was making at Knott's. Knott's non-union, Disneyland union. We were basically doing the same job. We were doing the same job for pretty much. So, yeah. And that's what I'm saying is it was really competitive. But no one's arguing uh, with this. Anya. What I'm arguing with is I don't believe a McDonald's part-time employee is getting 401k and full benefits. I, I just I have a hard time believing that. But I do know that from people I'm, who've worked at In-N-Out Burger, though they didn't get benefits, there were a lot of perks that In-N-Out took care of their employees, made them feel like they were valuable, paid yeah. halfway decent for fast food. And you notice at a lot of In-N-Outs, you have a different – this is going to – I'm really treading some water to not sound really bad here. There's a different level of – average kid working at in and outs than there are at McDonald's and Burger King and, and some of the other fast food joints. You know, Partly the thing is- because of the culture, the pay, what they expect of their employees. And I tell you, if I had to work at foods at in and out or at Disneyland, I'd be tossing it up going, wait, see at Disneyland, I could get in free, but you'd have to be a real Disney employee to really, or a Disney fan to really appreciate that. I might go yeah. with in and out, you know? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is like, uh, Two of the guys that I worked with back in fast foods at Disneyland, when they left Disney, went to work for In-N-Out, and currently I know of at least one of them that's in an executive position at In-N-Out. So. Well, it's like most fast food. You'll ne- if The way it used to be, I don't know if it's still this way, you would never own a McDonald's if you didn't work your way up from you know, basically being a, a short order or uh, working well, the counter. You worked your way up. You became a manager. A manager, now you can maybe manage a couple stores. Now you can buy into the, the company. You just couldn't walk in and be Joe Dirt and say, I've got a gazillion dollars. I want a franchise. It just doesn't work and, that way. And that's another thing about in and out None of them are franchised. They're yeah. all wholly owned by the company. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. So, yes, and, they're not as competitive well, that, that, as they used to be. For all of those that are not on the West Coast, when you come out here for West Fest, you have to try a double double in and out. It's it is one of the greatest burgers. No, anyway. double double animal style. Yeah, there you go. Which is not on the menu. You have to know to ask for it. You, you have to know to ask. So double double animal style. Okay, so moving on. Anyway, moving on. Half of those who are coming to West Fest who will not have vehicles will have no way to get one of those. So there's yeah, not not just down the street. Uh, where? Okay, a few miles down the street. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, the best. At Euclid and, or Brookhurst and Orange. Yeah, that's a short hop and a skip away. The best Two. part of dealing with the public or the worst part of dealing with the public? I'll let you start with that one. I don't know. You're so full of crap tonight. I think you should start with that one. I'm not full of crap tonight. You're you're just your typical full of you know, crap tonight. It's just that Mike's not mediating between us uh, anymore. You're full of, we're not going to get through because <laughs> we're already at an hour and 46. And Oh, geez. I'll say the best part is uh, you do get to meet. you. For me, you get to meet the world. Uh, 
you literally have the world coming around. You get to meet so many different people, um, and it's just interesting. When I was growing up, uh, my mother was into uh, was an anthrop. She she was studying anthropology. I won't say she was an anthropologist because she had other jobs. That, that's what paid the bills. But she, about at heart, she was. And her biggest thing was she liked to go to Disneyland, and she would sit on the bench and she'd watch all the different cultures going by and be talking to me about the cultures and it's like come on mom let's go on we, you know gotta get on space mountain gotta get on to uh matterhorn gotta go on to this gotta do that um and she liked watching all the people there and it's kind of i look at it kind of ironic that my job now is i walk around and i just talk to people all day long <laughs> so uh but that's one of the best things about dealing with the public the worst thing and he mentioned specifically hey, wait, richard you said people from other cultures we keep getting told that we're not a resort. We're just a little local park. You you saw people from other cultures, other countries. Are you sure? You sure you're right? Yeah, I'm sure I'm right. <laughs> it uh, might only be 25% of them. <laughs> now, what was it? You and I were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. It's kind of now kind of 50-50. I don't know. Don't care. It's but, a resort. If people, if people come to stay for more than one day, to me, it's a resort. So. But in any case, regardless, there, there's always been – people so I mean, you like the interaction the touchy-feely with the public that's yeah, touchy-feely with the public okay yeah. what's the worst the worst is when you uh when you get into the uh, type of people that think well i've you know i've paid my what is it 70 80 bucks to come into the park uh i'm entitled to do this i'm entitled to do that and they just don't care about anything or anyone that's around them. It's like, well, that's nice that you've spent your seven or eighty bucks to come into the park today. Uh, look around. So did everybody else, and they're they have just as much rights on things. You don't have more rights. And it's, it's I ran into one person once that uh, was making um, just absolute rude, rude comments one day, and. You know, asked him to keep his voice down a little bit and everything. Well, I have a right to free speech. And I go, yeah, well, take a little responsibility with that right, too. Yeah, um, a right of free speech doesn't mean you can force us to listen. Exactly. And as a private industry, you can restrict free speech because you're not censoring. You're choosing not to let them blabber in your establishment. Well, you know, it goes right back to that first argument there. Well, I paid 80 bucks to come in here. Well, yeah, and so did everybody else pay 80 bucks to come in here, and they don't want to listen to it. So it's balanced. Do you want to leave? Or I'm not going to ask, you know, 20,000 people to leave, so, but I can't ask you to leave. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of the worst part of it is when you, have, when you deal with your favorite subject, somebody that comes in thinking they have the right to entitlements just because yep. they paid their money coming in. Yeah, I mean, the public, you know, the public interaction is, is okay. I mean, uh, it's always nice to see a kid with a smile on their face or a, a visitor from out of state or out of the country who, uh, you know, you made their day with something special. We didn't have to we didn't have to be ambassadors of magic, whatever the fuck they call these people these days, you know, to, to make their day by, you know, sprinkling some pixie dust or uh, you just did things to be nice that's what your job was that's what you were taught this exactly. is this is the disney culture this is what you do you smile you don't lean you don't stand with your hands crossed you know you your arms crossed you you interact with the crowd you you have fun with the crowd you do your best to give them everything you need we're, we're in a service industry 
So that's exactly. that was the good part. The worst part has to be because of the job I worked. And most of the worst parts happened when I worked plain clothes. Because you dealt with the idiots, the thieves, the perverts, uh, whatever. And probably the absolute worst one was when I was just as a standby for a guy who had come into the park swearing that his child was under three. And he might have got away with it if he hadn't have been a dick and an ass. Sorry, Richard, not a you, but uh, <laughs> if he hadn't have been a prick and pushed his way through the turnstile and bumped into the cast member. Number one, don't ever do is touch a cast member because automatically assault comes into our mind and we're going to think about charging you with assault. Whether or not it sticks is something else, but you'll get charged You'll uh, from Disney. Disney will press charges based on assault. So he, he was taken into security's office. Now, I got to say, I think security handled some of it poorly, but basically the 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 end of the story is a female officer came to take the child back to the the police station or child protective services and the father went away in handcuffs while the little girl watched him go and be put into the police car. That's the worst of the dealing with the public. You know, thieves who are thieves and get caught, I really don't feel sorry for them. I might feel sorry for the child who was forced to leave the park because the parent is now told, let's see, you were caught stealing, we caught you, you've now admitted it, or, oh, you don't admit it, we'll arrest you, here's a bench warrant, we'll see you later. But in all this time, here's this kid in the stroller going, why aren't we in the park? Why can't we go do this? Why, why are you taking my plush away? Because your fucking parents stole it, you little bitch. Um, that's the bad part of the job is dealing with that end of the public. So, And that's a rarity because if you were a ride operator, you deal with a different bad aspect. My kid's tall enough to ride this ride. I swear, look, you know, you can't tell me she can't ride. I paid my 80 bucks, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, they're, they're uh, going to the entitlement type thing. Yeah, or this and, food's cold. Uh, I paid 10 bucks for this hot dog. I want a hot one, you know. Everybody in their job in the park, any of the public positions will have that jerk to deal with. And they'll also have, I bet you, though, those are the minority, but they're the ones we remember and we have fun retelling. And you probably forget a lot of the special magic memories you made because that just was something you did every day. You know, Earl talked about the reason he works at Disney World and how a cast member made an impression on him at the Epcot previews. And that's why he wants to work there. I probably, you, Richard, we probably did that a hundred, a thousand times. We just don't know it because that's what we did. But it's right. those bad instances that stick in my mind. Yeah. And on the, uh, you know, the question that came up with, well, you know, your annual pass holders and your DFs and everything, that goes right hand in hand to what you were saying. By far the minority yeah uh, you can always say it's the 10 percent, but it's the 10 percent you always remember yeah um uh, i don't, even, I don't think it's that high i think it's probably five or below but they're very below. they're very vocal yeah, you're right they're the ones that you remember and those in those are the ones when you get into your entitlement thing uh your dfs and your ap's that come in that say well, you know, I've been coming here, blah, 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 blah. I actually had a person come up to me and say, well, 
you know, I've been coming here for 10 years now, and I've never had that happen before. You must be new here. <laughs> I yeah. just couldn't help but say, you go, well, that's funny. I've been working here for 25 years, and that's always been the rule that I've been going by. So Yeah, it's like the call I took in the communications one night. How they got our number, I don't know. These damn fireworks, they're, they're keeping me awake. I've lived here for like 20 years. I've never heard these before. I'm like, really, ma'am? We've been firing these off for 40 fucking years! I don't know. Those kind of things just crack me up because they they always think they can pull that. I've you know you must not been here very long. You must be new. Yes, I've I've true. always Joe used to always let me do this. Well, you know Joe blows, and it's not happening. So let's move on. Make sure we cover. Try to cover all of our questions. I, yeah, I just one last. Yeah, I actually ran into a person. What was it? Day before yesterday. No, today's Tuesday. So it had to be yesterday. Uh, ran into a person that said, you know. I came here 15 years ago and I remember or 10 years ago and weren't you here doing this then too? And I go, well, I, I'm not sure if it's good or bad, but yes, they remember. Yeah. You, you start ago. crying. <laughs> you start crying. Like, yes, it was I me. I'm going to be like girls, you know, I'm not trapped on vacation. I'm just stuck. Oh yeah. You're, <laughs> you're living it. Um, yeah, that that would be very cool. I actually once got a uh, picture in the mail. These these I think they were French girls took wanted to take a picture with me in my my um, Tom Sawyer's Island costume. And I I still have it somewhere. It's packed away somewhere, and they they sent it to me. I, I you know they asked for your address. Okay, sure, why not? Never expected, and it was the biggest thrill to them to be have a picture with a cat like a cowboy. You know yeah. they, they thought that was very cool, and I was like more than happy to oblige them. So those are the, the those are the good times, you know. Yes. Okay, so let's see. Uh, we covered the swag thing a little bit. Uh, any cast members ever get busted from stealing stuff from the park? Yes. I'm sorry to say, yes, it all the time. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's going. Yes. To... Yeah. Yes. We'll leave it at that. Um, we can say that we knew a few personally, and I can also say there was a time when. We as security were like as a what I did. Well, I'll just say plain clothes. Usually it was for shoplifting. Occasionally you get a call that there's a pervert. You have to go watch or look for the pervert. I, that's the one I'm like, you want me to watch somebody be a pervert, please. And then there was the one, you know what? This person's till keeps coming up short. We think they're stealing money out of the till. So here's 20 bucks. Go have lunch. Make sure you have buy it from that cast member you know watch everything she does with that money or he does with that money <clears throat> that is now done by an outside agency hired through security which upset it upset it upset us in the union at the time because we felt that was our function but i understand why they'd go outside because now they can look at security too um so we sometimes would aggressively go after employees but i never really felt that bad because the only reason they caught our eye was because either they can't count and should be fired because they shouldn't be handling money or they're stealing. Uh, we, you know, I, I don't want to say I wouldn't yeah. be looking at you if you weren't guilty. Uh, but 99% of the time they were guilty. They, they were doing something incorrect. Yeah. And uh, I'm just, I'm just going to go with the old, you, you 
want to say the 5%, well, I'll go with 5%, but even at 5% of the bad apples that are out there, you're dealing with uh, places, whether it's Disneyland or Walt Disney World, with tens of thousands of people that are working there. There's going to be something. It adds up to an awful lot well, of people. And when, yeah. When I took the sheriff exam, I they asked us a question. You know, we had to fill all this information out. And they're like, have you ever stolen anything? And this guy, we look at each other, we'd both been in the service. Um, well, you know, we, we used to have these little government pins, you know, that these little black pins that were in everybody's office, they ended up going home with you. That's technically stealing. Yeah. Government property. That's supposed to stay in that office. But, you know, it was in your pocket. It got home. Technically, so do you, do, and they got you all paranoid here. You know, they're going to, they're going to check into your background. And then this guy next to me says, well, um, we, we like stole a Jeep from another company, <laughs> you know, it, but it was still, you know, it was. It was like company A stole companies B, and then they left it over at yeah. C. Should I write that down? And the officer said yes. And I'm, it's one of those quasi. Do you? Everybody has stolen. I I don't care yeah. if you say you have it. You've gone home with a pen that your company bought. You stole it. Did you mean to? Yeah. No. Is it criminal? Not really. But technically, you've stolen. Yeah. So it's so yes, there is stuff, and we could go into more detail. But that's one of those areas where I probably. I don't even really want to talk because I was involved in some things that, you know, at this point I, I think should just be left unsaid and just say, yes, uh, yeah. cast members have been bad. Um, some of them have just been downright stupid. Um, when something goes in a trash can, it is now the property of the trash. Well, the let's city. not even go into that one. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, I'm just saying, you know, technically if you go around your city picking up papers off trash cans to recycle, you are stealing from the city. Once that trash can it. hits the curb, it is city property. And there was a couple of landmark decisions in both New York State and California that involved former President Nixon on that <laughs> very subject. Really? So. I know some people, they purposely throw all their dog crap on the top of their trash cans <laughs> to keep people out of them when the street. Because a lot of times they make a mess. They open them, stuff gets on the ground. Good. It's just, you know. Good. Could one of those people be me? Anyways. I uh, No, it wasn't you, in fact. But oh. if you do, good for you. Uh, so, anyway. Okay. What so have, what is the most we, popular attraction CMs want to work on on stage, and what's the worst part? What's the worst job in the park? Well, we unless you have some stories from what some people have told you what their their must ride attraction is or their must work attraction, um, I could only tell you what I would prefer to work on if I was to work on stage. Um, so what what what's your story here? What do you know? Well, the ones that everybody, at least from the outside, keeps coming in. I, I'm going in, I'm going, you know, it's fun, but I don't know if that's on the top of my hip parade, is the Jungle Cruise. Actually, you know, I would like to do the Jungle Cruise. I'd feel very intimidated um, to start out, but I think it'd be fun. I when, when I interviewed for the park the first time when I didn't get the job and I went to Knott's back, you know, 81, my long hair hippie days, uh, I told them I would like to work in the mansion. I think the mansion costume is cool. Uh, that, that's another one that's very popular yeah. that people like I, to work I, on. I actually said Fantasyland, and I had forgotten. Or was that the second? I, I interviewed more than once, and Fantasyland was getting ready to close, and I knew that. And I oh, that's like, fuck, what did I just say that for? Um, but, you know, I, I know Toast doesn't like Big Thunder, Big Thunder, Indy. But, yeah, I think the Jungle Cruise uh, would be a fun. Actually, I think the subs would be fun, and I've heard – just so many stories of sub drivers hating that attraction. 
Uh, and again, from the outside, it looks fun, but I don't know if it truly is a, a good time. But I think the ultimate to me, two ultimate jobs, either a train engineer or um, what's the other guys? Not the, but the, you know, the guys are just right on board and all aboard. All Conductor. Those guys. Thank you. Conductors or driving the main street vehicles. Where else can you get your road rage out? Squeezing that horn all day with a smile on your face. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my way. Beep, 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 beep. Get the fuck out of here. That would be fun. I dig those cars. I could just picture you out there. I, After driving with you for how many years, I could picture you on Main Street. Ah, ah, uh, yeah, I, I think that would be the fun job. Yeah, that, You gun be... the engine and floor it and go five feet and have to wait for the next you know, little lady in the ECV get out of your oh, way. Oh, ECV. Ah, beep, 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 beep. I could just picture you on Main so, Street. So what do you think the worst job in the park is? Oh... I'll tell you what I think most people think the worst job might be is custodial because you have to clean toilets, you have to pick up puke. But from many of the custodians I've talked to, they actually like the job because they're unsupervised 90% of the time. They're out wandering around with their little sweeper, you know, broom and, and receptacle thing. You get occasionally, you get a proton, protein spill, you you throw your bag of crap over it, you sweep it up, you're done. Um, you know, it's, and they're, they're you know, just wandering around all day. It's, it's really not a bad gig. I would have thought that to be one of the jobs I absolutely would not want. The one, one I'm going to go outside the park for on this oh, one. Oh, parking lot or ticket takers? I'm going to go towards the hotel. Oh, let's, do we have to count? That's like a bastard child. Oh, okay, we yeah, the hotel. Forget, stay um, the same. He actually said on stage, the, what's the okay. worst job in the park? So in the park, okay. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards food. I'm gonna lean towards And you have working. worked food. Now you, do you want to further refine that to outdoor vending or just foods in general? Oh, I, I worked I before long before outdoor That's vending. That's right. Was, you started at Tomorrowland Terrace, didn't you? Tomorrowland Terrace, yeah. I, I now see the thing is I worked in both the kitchen and I worked on the front counter. The counter wasn't too bad, although you, you went out. One of the things is you go home, and you can attest to this having done the same thing in your younger, leaner years. You go home smelling like the food that you've been serving all day long. Yes, and I noticed my brother-in-law coming home from Knott's. It's like, mm, I remember, you know, it's, it's you know how smells and songs bring back memories. Yeah. Like, and oh if, yeah, I remember those days. You know, oh, you know. We we had a great charbroiler, so that wasn't too bad. But if you happened to be working near the fryer or had to be frying the burgers when the charbroiler was down, you smelled like burger grease. No matter how many times you took a I shower. Thought, I thought Tomorrowland Terrace was always fried hamburgers. No, it's always been charbroiled. Oh, then their until... beef must suck because our our food at Knotts was so much better All, back then. In fact, it's everything. It's always been. Right? No, there was one place that did fried burgers. But I, I, never... I never thought. I don't know why. And it's not prejudice just because I worked at Knott's. And Knott's was rated in the early 80s as the best theme park food in the country. But Far from it now, having been oh, there. Oh, oh, yeah. far. Yeah, Jeez. no, it's went, it's went down. It's swirling like a floating Utah log in the... We uh, keep talking about doing a show over there. Uh, uh, we're going ooh. to. We got another email about that. So we, we are going to get to that. But yes, it's gone totally downhill. But um, the food, but was, the, the hamburgers were always juicy and good off of our charbroilers. And at when I go to Tomorrowland Terrace, they always felt dry and well, what not about that the ones great. That get over at uh, 
I consider the two best burgers are over at Taste Pilot's Grill or yeah. over at Hunger Bear Restaurant. Did somehow you fucking miss the point of back in the 80s when I worked at one park and you worked at the other park? I know. Okay. but um, I try to avoid eating burgers. Burgers is not my favorite thing in, in the parks. I don't think they do burgers very well. But you you brought up you brought up the point of outdoor venting. Oh, I hated working churros. Uh, churros where it was just you were greasy all day, and I don't care how much you you tried to stay away from it. Just the dust, the cinnamon dust coming off of it when you're trying to Snort, get snorting a little cinnamon dust, were you? Snorting that dust all day long, you get you get the grease on you, and then you get coated with that dust. Oh, it was just flat-out horrible. I, I can see oh. foods being a crappy job, having worked in foods, though I always felt that I was a little above the average fast food worker. I didn't work at a McDonald's. I worked at theme park foods. Yeah. <laughs> I keep hey. telling myself that, too, you know. You, you do that. So, anyways, so uh, have, we, have we covered all, all of these no, questions? No, we, we or... haven't. But, oh, yeah. I see, my worst job, though, I haven't really... I don't know. I don't think I'd want to be, you know, main gate or selling tickets. Pretty much anything handling money, I wouldn't want to do. And like you said, you worked in the back and then you worked at the front. You know, when you started as a kitchen helper, what we call them at Knotts, the glory was to get to the front counter. Yeah, it was right? the same way when I was when okay. I was at. I got okay. to the front counter. I didn't like it. I liked the freedom <laughs> of the because I I had freedom. I stocked. You know, I ran to other locations to uh, take things there. We controlled our own outdoor vending per shop, which I think is a better way of doing it than the way Disneyland does, just personal opinion. But so that gave me a chance as a kitchen helper to go stock those those locations. You weren't stuck at a register handling money, taking crap from people. You were independent of guest ordering, and, and well, I like that. One of the things that was neat at Disneyland, though, was, and I don't know how different was at Knott's, if you were in the back, you were wearing Chef Whites. You were just Chef Whites. Yeah, no we, we wore, yeah, we had but, these really ugly checkered black and white uh, checkered pants that they issued you. Because in those days, Knott's issued you, tailored a pair of clothes to you, and then you'd come in and get your right. chef jacket, your little chef hat. Yeah, You go up front. You got one of the costumes. Yep. So no, again, I have to say, at Knotts, the costume was fitted for you, not just tossed at you in a size that has been mislabeled out of the costume <laughs> department at Disneyland. <laughs> That's the so, thing I liked about Graveyard. You got to go in and made sure you got stuff to fit because everybody oh. was gone and you could go in there and take care of that. But that no longer happens now, I know. So The uh, best and worst shifts. Oh, see, well, what was he? Have the hiring practices changed in the last 20 years? Are they better or worse? Well, you can speak better to this, but what I've seen as an observation on the outside is I see a lot of security that I would never want there backing me up. Um, but I don't, it doesn't appear their standards are strict, and that may strictly be because now of their growth, they have to employ more, they can't be as strict, they're not paying quite as well. So they can't be as picky. Uh, but why don't you jump in on this? Because I, I think they have and changed and that, they're not as good. And that's and that's pretty much where I'm going to go right along with you on that is I think over especially the last eight to ten years now, uh, it has changed quite a bit and not necessarily for the better. And it's mo this goes back into what I was saying, the competitiveness, is we don't have the competitive. It used to be, used to be that 
okay, Disney paid well, and it was a great glamorous job to go have. Well, I think a lot of it, this is what some other people were talking to me about. They're trying to live off of, oh, but you're working for Disney, and the pay benefits slash whatever you want to say might not be as competitive as someplace else. And we have a lot of other businesses, especially around Disneyland, that have opened up so much more to where you're you need to fill space you need bodies to get into those positions so you have to if you can't get the standards you want you're going to have to start dropping some of the standards and i think that has shown in some of the cases well, yeah they've dropped the age limit i know at least for some part-time workers um they've also dropped standards just like swat now is gonna la swat is gonna lower their standards to allow women in. And I don't mean this to say that a woman can't make it, but they should make it to the standard that's existing, not lower the standard to change it. Which, which numerous fire departments, they have they've, they've already been through that. Yeah, I'm surprised it's taking this long to get the SWAT. But at Disneyland and security, when I hired in, they, they looked me in the face, are you 21? Well, I was, but they wanted to make sure. And I was 6'1". And I was told by a supervisor that... There was a time that if you weren't six one, or at least six foot, and twenty one, you didn't get into the department. But time I left, there were, you know, I I, I don't want to say a four foot woman because she wasn't that short, but, um, you know, five three maybe. You know, nice nice teacher, nice lady, but not really what I would consider security. Um, status because of crap you have to deal with and those are the days we had a lot of standbys at the the dance areas and stuff and you took a lot of crap part of the reason you had the big tall guys is they stood out in the crowd they just by their mere size and presence usually could help squat you have five six seven you know six foot guys and taller you know come swarming around you you can squash things you get the little you know, I mean, what was that one guy's name? Really nice guy, but he was really short. He was practically a, a dwarf. I can't remember. Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy, I think. Hell yeah. of a nice guy. And actually, he was pretty good and could handle himself pretty well. But, you know, when you walk up to the situation and you got this, you know, 18-year-old one basketball player kid looking down at, you know, five-and-a-half-foot guy, he's thinking, <laughs> right, you know. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. And then they they actually sent a 90-year-old guy to interview at Disneyland when I was there. We politely sent him back saying, you know, maybe he'd be better off as like a ticket taker. And he did become a job as a ticket taker and retired at 95. But the, I guess the hiring staff, because, you know, you have to go through that pre-interview, right? Uh, or I guess they still do that. And then you were sent to your area for a second interview. They must think that all we do is stand at the gates and look at IDs. And if that 90-year-old guy was hired to do that, that would be fine. But you know, because you stood at gate, occasionally you would have to exert yourself physically because someone would try to bypass the rules, let's say, of what a security gate means. Uh, you would think that's a pretty inane position. I was surprised at how many times uh, my physical fitness was challenged at a job that should be boring checking someone's ID. So, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's it's uh, interesting place. Okay, the average lifespan of an employment for CMs. Well, that's that's changing a lot. There are still 
a fair amount of old timers, right? Yeah, there, there's. I still know people that have been there for 20 okay, years that are just strictly there on the seasonal basis for summer. And let, uh, let me holidays. put it in this analogy and see if this helps. You've got um, upper class, middle class, and lower class. There's a lot of upper. There's a lot of upper class still there. There's a lot of lower class still there. There's hardly any middle class anymore. Well, how are you defining? Well, lower class being people who have been there, let's say, under three years. Okay. Upper, you know, upper class been there 15 years or more. Okay. The problem is when that upper class have... starts to retire. There's no you, one to fill its there's place. There's no middle class to fill the space. Um, and I only use that analogy because you always hear how the middle class is disappearing in society. So that you don't have those middle of the road guys who have learned enough to step up into other positions. You've told me more than once how you've got the supervisor who's practically a year off the street, doesn't yeah. know anything about the the history of the department or how things work, and now they're telling you what to do. Doesn't mean that they can't do it and pick it up, but, excuse me, quite frankly, a lot of them just shouldn't be there. But they need people to fill the, the open positions, and they don't have that middle ground. Yeah, that's that's true. I'll I'll grant you that one. That that, that is true. The um, you used to going in used to be something that you would think of as in a long term. It, it was either a you were here just for the college work and you were gone. If you were there for more than college, you ended up looking at it as a career move, and you would stay there for long times. Even if uh, Back in your days, we don't have it near as much now, but back in your day when in the security area, a lot of the security guys, uh, your your part-timers and your seasonal help were school teachers. Yes. They would work They would work their schools during the regular winter session. And then when you needed them during the holidays and during the summer, they were there for the – and they were there forever. They were there for, you know, 20, 25 years as a second career that's what they did. They did their school. Their school career was their actual real career, but this was also a secondary career that they did. That they would be there doing this seasonal work for twenty years. You know, I I, th I can only think of one or two people that are that way now. There's nobody else that does that. Yeah, it's it's you know when they had the year or two when they they had your how many years you had been with the park on your name tag. It I don't think it was quite as bad as Jim Hill. And Al Putz made it out to be that there were there were hardly anybody that they could find with a name tag that said they were there over a year. I actually saw a lot of them that said five years, which is not bad. It's still not good because you probably didn't see a lot of the seven, 15. Then you'd see the ones that I've been here 30 years. It's that middle ground. What happens when those people start retiring and you've lost them? That's your last connection to the old school who were trained by people who came up in Walt's day. Yeah, my wife always made the comment, still does. It was funny when we had those years on there. It was very rare to see a name tag that had something older than 2000 on it. Yeah, it, it was. You never saw it with 1900 and something on there. <laughs> it was. Not that they weren't there, but like I say, you got trained by people who had worked there during Walt's day. I got trained by people who had been there during Walt's day. A lot of cast members in the attractions I knew that are still there now were trained by people who were there in Walt's Day. I know a couple who actually worked there in Walt's Day. As soon as they're gone, you you 
have not been able to train that middle guy who's going to be here for a long time. Yeah, it's going to skip to the guy at the bottom who has no connection to the the Disney way. They're learning the Disney way by the mass marketing nineteen nineties two thousand Disney market. You know, standard of care, which is still better than any other theme park in the world, but still not quite what it used to be a generation ago, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so um, who are the toughest visitors to deal with? Pass holders, foreigners, DFs, locals? Um, I, I think we kind of spelled that out as, as our worst guess. Those are the well, hardest ones. we to... said, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a rehash of that. Um, I think pass holders, anal pay holders, or is that, how's that? Yeah, well, anyways. They're given a bad rap for a very small minority of them. It's just like the pin traders. The pin whores that we see by Plaza Pavilion. No, Plaza. No more there. It's over, it's over at the uh, Westward Ho. Oh, because it's under rehab right now, isn't it? Right. And it's not going to be there. It's going to stay over at Westward Ho. Wait, 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 wait. These are people who just show up and plop their big fat asses down. So how can you tell them they can no longer plop their big fat asses down there? Well, because they're staying they're staying in where the pin trading locations are, which where they have those little tables set up for them. And there's one that there's the stuff at Westward Ho. There's the stuff set up over at okay, but the, those, uh, those little store. round tables that used to be the tables you would eat on when you were at the Plaza Inn weren't mm-hmm. set there specifically for them. They're still actually. Well, originally, no, but then when they were doing the pin trading there, they, if you remember, they actually put little placards on those tables because, yeah, they were continued to stay there for that purpose. Well, they hold in, I mean, they, they pimped and hoed right there. I mean, it should be overflow for Coke Corner, which has inadequate seating. So, so, but so they're going to sit, they're going to sit by Westward Ho. So now they Westward. can be pimping and hoeing at Westward Ho. That's okay. Right. Um, so I, ooh, there's a, you know, what's weird is there's, you have the DFs, which a lot of them are annual pass holders. Some aren't. You have the locals who have the local attitude, and then you have the locals who are just fine. You actually have good foreigners and bad foreigners. There are, there are a few, and this is broad stroking, but there are some countries and cultures who just don't get the concept of not necessarily the American way of doing things, but you know, you're patient, you stand in line, you don't automatically get to go to and, the front, you bathe, you, you bathe, you, you bathe. use mouthwash, you brush your teeth. Um, and some of these cultures are rude, but again, that's their culture and having known and worked with a few people who laugh and say, yeah, that's just the way we are. Uh, we'll steal the hubcaps off of one side of the car while we're selling you new hubcaps on the other side of the car, and when you drive away and then you get home to put them on, you've noticed that they're the same hubcaps that used to be on the other side of the car. So you're still too short, but you've paid for two you never got. This is just how some cultures work. Those I found difficult to work with because they they came across as rude. Maybe had no intention to, but they just did. Uh, Asian guests were probably the most polite and just so happy to be here uh it's like the mecca you know the the little japanese tourists wanting to go to disneyland they're a blast they're a lot of fun um funny you should say that too Uh, just you're talking about the cultures and everything uh over what's now the paradise pier hotel used to be called the pan pacific and at that time 
we had a number of Japanese travel agencies that that was their hotel exclusively. When you had a Japanese tour group come through, they always booked out whole floors of the Pan Pacific Hotel. And you always knew which floors the Japanese tour groups were in because they wanted to be American. So the Japanese who tend to smoke a lot, you'd find empty cartons of Marlboros and empty six packs of Budweiser out in the hallways in the morning because that was being in America was to have Budweiser and Marlboros. <laughs> but you always knew which floor the Japanese yeah. tour groups were. There, there, you know, even the, the pretty much any of the Asian tour groups that come in are a lot of fun. They really enjoy the Disney thing. It was just some of the, I don't, you know, we, let's just not narrow it down. Let's just say that every one of those groups that, that Mark listed all have difficult ones in it. I can't pick yeah. one out as the absolute worst because I know some, you know, now that I'm a pass holder, but I know some pass holders, even when I worked there, that were the greatest people in the world. And then there were the oh, yeah. jerks. Same with the, well, it's hard to separate the, the, there, there's, the jerks. There's some pass holders that, yeah. are, that come in every day. You really look forward to seeing them and you have that little conversation with them every yeah. now and then. Yeah, so that one's hard. I, I think they, they all have their, their areas. Okay, um, best shift to work, worst. I, to be honest with you, I... I don't like the hours, but I kind of missed Graveyard because Graveyard is the time when I got to be in the park by myself, crawl through the attractions, uh, open doors that no one else got to open. So I found it fascinating. I hated the hours. It it killed me to work those hours. It just physically wasn't fun for me, but I loved it. Other than that, I would rather work the morning shift with the park opening. And I'll agree with you on both of those. The one that I hated the most though, was the swing shift, the afternoon into evening shift, because you're staying up late and you get home and you just, there's nothing for you to be able to do, but you're kind of wound up. So you kind of, you know, are watching TV or something winding down. And then when you wake up late in the morning, you only have a couple hours before your shift starts, so there's really nothing you can do during the day. So you're kind of killed off at night and killed off during the day on the swing shift. I really, that, that was the hardest shift I had, I, even I, more so than the graveyard shift. I agree with the concept of that one. Um, I liked it in the winter, though that's probably fairly non-existent in the analogy today, but the park closed at 6 o'clock. So during the winter, I could work at a gate, for a few hours, the park would close, and I get to go do the same thing I do on Graveyard, but in, to me, more manageable hours, 3 to 11, go home, stay up an hour or so. The problem I had, especially when I was going to school and working swing shift, I had to be on the road by 2 o'clock to be up to Disneyland through traffic, go down, get your costume, get dressed, because we didn't get to take our costumes home in those days. So, yeah, you didn't have much time. You needed to, to be an early riser to make use of daylight on a swing ship, but yet you got home kind of late and yeah, I couldn't just unwind. A lot of times I'd turn a movie on next day and be one in the morning. Got to get up, take a kid to school, do whatever. Uh, very tough, but I did like the aspect of being able to do the graveyard type work yeah. for a few hours, but in the summer you got screwed. You know, you were working a gate through the whole shift and I didn't like that at all. Uh, see on graveyard, I could spend, I can stay up all night, and when I got home, I'm ready to go to bed. I went to bed. I'd spend, you know, five, six hours. By the time you got up, it's noon, one o'clock. You still have quite you know, the entire afternoon and evening ahead of you. Yeah, you I, I went home and had to stay up all day with a 
a one or two year old because that's when they're up. I yeah. didn't get to sleep until the smoking hot wife got home about four or five. So about five, I'd get in bed. I'd have to be up by eight or nine to get ready to get to the park by 11. So yeah. I didn't sleep much in those graveyard years. Um, and that was, that was hard for me. I try, I tried different things to be able to get cat naps during the day, but it never really worked. And then it was noisy. Once the wife got home, you know, the kids are watching TV, doing whatever. And I'm trying to sleep. It just, it was not a good time. If the whole household was on that shift, I think it would be pretty bitching, but, um, and then of but, course your Friday night, whatever your Friday night happened to be, you just stayed up because yeah, everybody else is on those normal hours. And then, so your Friday night and your Monday night was crap because the Monday night you probably never slept because yeah, you're, you stayed you're, up all day you know, and then you just went yeah, straight to work. It sucked. Okay. So let's, but I gotta say the hours I'm working now, I, I will just say that I work pretty much banker hours. That's not and, bad. And I, yeah, I enjoy that. Getting there before the park opens, getting it clear. You get a little bit of the you're by yourself off, time, yeah. and you get a yeah. little bit of the in the park time, and you're usually gone by the time the peak crowds are really building up. It's not a bad exactly. shift. Okay, let's see. Keeping this moving, best shift. Um, annual bonuses. Mm, I don't remember any as an hourly. Hourlies, we don't get them. Do the, uh, do the salary do guys get, get them? them? I don't. Salary guys do get them, and that's that's every that's it, it depends on the departments again. I know uh, merchandise gets theirs based on sales and all that sort of stuff. There are certain bonuses that are getting that are, have gotten. I don't know what they are because, well, obviously I'm not salary not not now. And when I was salaried, I didn't get a bonus back then either. Uh, well, you weren't really salary probably long enough to actualize some of that. Yeah, I probably didn't really get enough to it, but um, although there were some nice perks when I was salaried too. Uh, back no, then. granted, there, there, you could have had a good thing going. It just didn't work out. All right, yeah. how long does it generally take an employee to work his or her way off stage and behind the scenes? See, this is why I think that earlier question about on and off stage pay, he's tying it into you've worked your way up and off stage into a better job off stage, and there's some crappy jobs off stage. But I understand, and it really depends on the employee. There are programs, man, management training programs, for example, that you can get into. But it, and there's, there's some you can get hired off the street into yes, as well. Yes, there, there are those too. But I can tell you this. If Richard and Foods had went into management training program at the same time that I had went into security, I probably made more as an hourly than he would have as a salaried employee in Foods, partly oh, because yeah. of the amount of hours they would make you work which weren't 40, probably closer to 50, maybe even 60. And I would have went home at 40 hours a week, maybe worked one hour of overtime and killed you in your, in your pay. Because I, we were in, you know, the, I'll say it, when I left in 89, I was making roughly about 1650 an hour. If I, and that, that was adding on, I got shift bonuses for, you know, I think what second shift, we got a little extra. If you did undercover work, I got extra. If you did foreman, you got extra. So on the good day, at the worst day, I probably made, you know, 1585. Well, uh, okay. But well, I don't, I don't want you to give out your thing, but. Well, no, I was, I was going to say you're, you're absolutely right. And when I was, one of the reasons why I left being a salaried position was because of the pay. You know, when if you took it into a forty-hour work week, and you and I work strictly forty hours, okay, I'm making a little bit more as a salaried worker than I was making in the position I was prior to, and then went back into. But 
that wasn't the case. I never worked a forty-hour work week. No, but you it also was more did, like fifty to sixty-hour right. work week. But you also and, got to put money into better retirement programs than the hourlies did. There I, were there I were some have a perks. better retirement program. There were some, some long term. It of, could have been a good things, thing. Long term, it might have been. But the, one of the things that was killing me, and I was I was going on to a couple months of doing this where my day was literally I came in at 6 in the morning, sat down in my chair, and I never left my desk until I was leaving uh, the office at about 5 o'clock at night. And, I mean, that was no breaks, no lunches. Lunch was grabbing a sandwich and having – or actually bringing a sandwich from home and having it at the desk while I worked at well, the desk. Welcome to salary work. I, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. But, again, that – with longevity, and I know what you were doing, and we won't give it out, but you were developing, you and a few others were developing something. If it all would have panned out in the long run, all that would have paid off because once the system was proved, other people would have been brought in, yada, yada, yada. But, yada, you know, yada. let's not go back in the Wayback Machine and mess with that one. So, yeah, you know, advancement, there is advancement. There is also college money uh, and stuff available oh, if yeah. you're studying in the field that you're working in culinary arts for the people in foods um, uh, police uh, that, that, I almost said police that, arts but if if you were taking courses to justice, become a policeman uh, or even lawyers you, there were things you could get money for so going to architecture school I got squat because it wasn't related to security so there are some bennies in uh advancement i mean look there's a lot of major people tony uh tony baxter mike uh, uh randy bright who's dead god rest his soul um dick nunes when you look at where they came on yeah dick nunes was hired as a salary guy but not a high level salary guy and then look where he went to so you got a lot of these people who who started as part-time and went on to great things in the park it's doable though a lot of pessimists at the park will tell you you never could I bet you if we had toast in this conversation, it would be very burnt uh, toast. <laughs> but you make your own opportunities, and it can yeah. happen, and it's there. But it is very competitive because I do know I saw kids, I mean, literally stabbing each other in the back and walking all over each other for that supervisory position in a foods that made less than I did as an hourly. Yeah, that's true. And long-term in foods was not much better, you know. Um, okay, lost and found. This is easy. What happens to things that aren't claimed? We both know this from personal uh, things. If I found something in the park and I went to turn it in, I could fill out a little claim slip. If it wasn't claimed within an X amount of period of time, you could get it. And those things that aren't gotten, they actually do have a uh, lost and found cell, which we just had recently. Oh, yeah. Some, those are good sometimes. And uh, the... Uh, money that's made on those lost and found sales does go to certain charities. I think this last one went to Goodwill Industries of Orange County. You know, I do have to wonder though sometimes. Once one time I turned in a twenty dollar bill, found it on the ground, wrote my little thing out, went back after thirty days or whatever the period was. Oh, it had been it's been claimed. Oh come on. How do you claim I lost I only did it because I didn't want to be accused of stealing. Uh, what's the chance yeah. that someone says, I lost a $20 bill, serial number 123568, the Mint of Denver, and I lost it in Fantasyland right next to the ice cream cart? I mean, come on. There was some stuff. Uh, I can't. I'm, 
a camera, a lot of times people went back and was looking for those. But I really, there were some times when I'm thinking, who in the hell came back for this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I'm not saying someone took it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying accounting may not have been that well. Okay, moving on. Um, oh, this will be easy for both of us. Any Hollywood star sightings while the two of you were working? I think uh, you touched on this with Jeff from Houston and Burnt Somewhere. And believe it or not, after that, he says, this is all I can think. So we can use this to... Um... Oh, actually, I did skip over one. And this was for me. I'll do this real quick. Um, if I was to go back, what would I do? If I um, if I got hired back at the park, I don't think I'd ever go back to security. I'd go back to the security I knew. I wouldn't go back to the security I know now. No offense to you, Richard. I, I give you some kudos for hanging in there. Either I'd have to go with a total I-don't-give-a-crap attitude... And just try to have fun and work an attraction or best case into the engineering or whatever SQS is involved evolved into would be it's one of the an SQS. Okay. Those would be the type of jobs, show quality services for those who don't know what SQS is. Basically imagineers stationed at the park to take care of inside projects, make sure that you know, when shops get rehabs, little things make, make sure that that the uh, even things that are currently operating are operating under the standards that were originally developed by Walt Disney Imagineering. Yeah. So that, that is the kind of thing I would want to go back to. I occasionally thought about going back for the, you know, part-time weekend job, but I enjoy having my weekends off. So, okay. So Hollywood star sightings. Uh, I, I, I could sound like a name dropping son of a bitch, but this is, this is our time to name drop. So, um, Michael Eisner. No, that's a big, but you know, Hey, he was a Hollywood celeb type. I oh, got to talk see, to him. You got to drive Michael, him home a couple times. Michael Jackson. Who hasn't seen Michael Jackson? Actually, believe it or not, I never saw oh, MJ in the park. No. Uh, Dolly Parton, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd I didn't even recognize until he actually talked to me because you, he just dresses down so much that you just look at him as man off the street, but that voice is a very distinctive voice. Now, there were there was a few times when I heard about a certain celebrity in the park being escorted backstage. So I only heard it. One was, I want to say it was Michael Tyson or one of the boxers. And well, I got um, I got, I got to uh, follow around with uh, Miss Leanne Rimes one day. Who? Leanne oh, oh, that's right. She sings those two types of music, country and western. And western. Um, um, let's see. We had Leonard Nimoy in the security office one day. He was, you know, five feet oh, away from me. I, you know, yeah. how hard it was to resist giving him the Vulcan yes. <laughs> sign. Because here's the other thing: we are told we are not supposed to ask for autographs, do, do anything for them that we wouldn't normally do for another guest, unless you're escorting them or doing something different. So you're not supposed to make a big deal out of them being in the park. Uh, or seeing them, just you know, do your job, treat them like anybody else. So, but it was really hard not going live long, prosper. Yeah, I met Michelle Nichols, and and yes, yes, when they visited the park, I get, I got to, uh, I didn't get to meet him, but I got to sit across the room from Vice President George H. W. Bush, but I did get to meet former President Ronald Reagan. So. I was there on the day Reagan was there, and I was doing a standby the uh, standby by the old um, ATM machine. Believe it or not, I turned a Secret Service agent away from using the. I got I didn't really get my ass chewed, but I, I got 
I told him he had to go get someone to bring him over here. They could use it. I was told that this area was off limits. I didn't care really who he was. And because um, that was what I was told. I was just holding That's up right. my end of the bargain. Following and order. It went over well. I got within, you know, 10 feet of Reagan. I didn't get to be introduced. I was a little upset by we had a few ass kissing supervisors. Let's just admit it. You know, yeah. one of them, she got her picture. You probably know who I'm talking about. She got her picture taken with Reagan and a couple of the other ones did. And I, I would have, you know, I would have, I would have killed uh, John Hinckley for that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, over the years I've got, I, I was actually fortunate enough. I was not just got to meet him. I was introduced to these people like uh, Count Basie when cool, he was performing cool. at the park. Um, uh, oh, I'll throw in Bette Midler. Gonna... Well, what you're thinking, Bette Midler, we helped her get her little parking space in front of security. Oh, um, drummer, drummer. I'm trying to think of. Um... You keep thinking. That's why I'm throwing out names that I've met while you're thinking. You throw out names. Of drummers? Buddy no, Rick. I. Oh, that's why Buddy you Rick. said. That's why you Thank said you. no when I said Bette Midler. I'm throwing out names of people I've seen in the park. Oh, you could. Yeah. Okay, and you're going you no, 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 no. It's like, no. <laughs> duh. She doesn't play the drums. Yeah. Um, no, Buddy Rich. Oh, I was introduced cool. to. That'd be cool. So that's cool. Now I saw uh, Daryl Strawberry in the park before I even knew who he was, and the only reason I knew it was Daryl Strawberry, some kid came up to me. Oh, it's Daryl Strawberry. Oh, I'm like who? And it, who? I think at that time was didn't he come to the Dodgers for a while? Yes. Yeah, and that he was just coming to the Dodgers, I think, and I told this guy, hey, "Go ask him for an autograph if you're that, you know, thrilled." Oh, I couldn't do that. I said, "Look, kid, he puts his pants on just like you. Do you understand that?" <laughs> yeah. Go ask him. All he can do is say no. No big deal. Um, I saw the kid that plays Doogie Howser, and he was with two two of the Rad Plaid, the I... the, the tour guides. I and talked to him. I actually talked with him a couple of days ago. They were doing some filming in the park. I had a kid come up to me that was very upset, said he was very rude, wouldn't give an autograph. And I, I tried to play it off. And I have heard he is kind of rude, but I said, Who, look, uh, look, he's. Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah. I said, look, actually, okay, oh. I'm trying to explain my fucking story for I'm a second. I'm sorry. Okay? Um, I was just trying to say to him, hey, look, he, he's just trying to enjoy the park too. Maybe. A bunch of people have been bugging him today. I, kn I know he's an actor, but he's trying to have fun in the park, too. So don't take it wrong, necessarily. Um, but you you met him. You thought he seemed like a nice guy. That's um, very nice. I've, I've heard people say that um, uh, Kurt Russell is an ass. I play hockey, whether his kids play hockey, and they just think they own the place. And then I have other people say that he is the nicest guy. So, you, you know, sometimes it's based on uh, – an experience you, you had with him. But I'll tell you who was a dick. Um, no, it wasn't a shaft, but he was a dick. Um, remember that series Saved by the Bell? Yes. Remember? Oh, I know who you're talking about. The, 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 yes, I'm, I'm, Screech. I'm the, Screech. I think the guy yeah. played Screech. Just, I, Dustin is his name. Yeah, I could care less what his name is. I was working the island, and I was in my Calvary outfit, and he's got a bunch of groupies with him all these young boys about his age just oh oh you know i'm in his company we're having fun we're all assholes um look uh, it's at the time when that bruce willis movie was out the last boy scout yeah and he's like you guys have heard of the last boy scout right and they're all yeah 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 there's the first boy scout <laughs> we're all... they thought it was so funny i'm like the guys are pr you could just you could just tell he was a prick 
I'm sorry. My, uh, he's a prick. That's all I can his, say. His career has taken off ever since. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, the nicest person I ever met, and I got to do a standby while he was shopping, was Darth Vader. James Earl Jones? James Earl Jones was a big, giant teddy bear. He was yeah, shopping sure. at Disneyana. He was the most polite individual I think I have ever met. So I was told that I was in, I was, I, was I undercover that day? No, you know, I was probably in main gate costume. And I was with him and just, just me and him. And he was shopping in there. He spent a fair amount of cash. He was so polite to the cast members. I just, it was one of the best shopping experiences. Not that he didn't get to buy anything or take anything away. And it wasn't just being in his presence. He was just a genuine individual and polite to everybody around him. Because I've seen other, hey, give me this. I want that. Uh, And like, he just wasn't like that. And I was like, he was there to be, um, uh, it was during Christmas. So he's going to do the candlelight procession one year. Um, And I think that's why Nimoy was there the year I saw him. He was doing that. I uh, forgot and why why Reagan was there that time, but Reagan was there for the anniversary. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, another person that recently has kind of gotten a lot of bad press. David Hasselhoff was yeah. a very genuinely nice person. It was great. Uh, I was still in outdoor vending when he was doing a performance at the Tomorrowland Terrace, and they had his RV sitting right by where our work area was in outdoor vending, and he had like about two hours between sets and he comes in carrying these two huge platters. He had, when he took them out of the RV, they had to kind of tilt them to the side because they were really wide. These two huge platters of sandwiches and food. He just comes walking into our work area and he goes, do you guys want some food? Because I am never going to eat any of this. And it's like, oh yeah, free food. Sure. But in the meantime, he ended up sitting down at the desk instead of sitting in the RV. He hated being in the RV. He wanted to sit out with people. So he sat down at the desk with us in the work area, which I got to tell everybody, outdoor vending, especially then, it was literally a modified garage that just had some tables and chairs thrown in there to work on while we were cleaning wagons or whatever. So he's sitting back in there, kicking back in one of our uh, fold-up chairs and just talking and just shooting the breeze with everybody uh genuinely very nice person so well that's good to know i i i've always liked hasselhoff though when he used to do babe watch i'm thinking there's a guy that's done steroids or something because his upper body was pretty decent size but he had chicken legs like like below any i almost said below the waist but you know his lower extremities were like very skinny don't Um, need to know that yeah exactly (laughs) who knew connie swale would end up on Babe Babe Watch. Yes. The Virgin <laughs> Connie Swale. <laughs> dun, so, dun, dun, have, we, have, we, have we dropped enough <laughs> names here? Yeah, well, one last name because oh, oh, um, my, oh. my daughter in, in, encountered this person, and I think I may have mentioned it on the show already. She's working Stromboli's cart in Fantasyland, and Gwen Stefani and her husband and her child uh, came yes. up, and they, you know, what would the kid like and my daughter helped him out they said and i had a i had this thought that she might be a little she seems a little rough around the edges that she could be a bitch just my impression um she said she was just really sweet and really nice i have no idea who the husband is i'm sure the kids all know because that's you know in things they would know 
said she was just genuinely a nice, sweet girl. So, anyways. Oh, and you and I, before we worked at the park, we saw um, Danny Kay filming a, com- or oh, yeah, a special. Oh, yeah, right. Remember that? Yeah, so. All right, well, that's about all I've got as far as star sightings and name dropping and all that. Oh, I can keep on crap. going, but I think we're, uh, we've pretty much killed oh, the subject I here. Killed the subject, and I think we're probably close to three hours at this point. <laughs> Jesus, jeez. We'll just have Mike pulling what little hair he has left also. But, hey, you know what? We are responding to the need of one of our listeners. And he had some questions, and we, we answered them. And Mike, Mike, yeah, Mike couldn't have answered any, maybe one of these questions. He just doesn't have the experience that you and I bring. <laughs> I mean, we've got, what's he, I'm going to count your year. We've got like 35 years of in-park experience between the two of that's, us. That's, that's more than uh, Jamie and... Uh adam have on mythbusters that is true and with that good night good night thank you for listening to this episode of MiceCast, your source for disney discussion with an attitude even though the guys would never dream of doing any real research for the topics they discuss on the show, they do their homework when it comes to their advertisers. If you're planning a vacation to Walt Disney World, your one-stop planning headquarters is Orlando Vacation. Let the staff at Orlando Vacation, people who actually know what they're talking about, make your next Walt Disney World trip an easy one. To contact Orlando Vacation, click their link at micecast.com. You've heard the guys refer to Brian McDaniel's book as a source of information for their show. You can get a copy of this book for yourself. It's called Walt Disney World, The Full Report, Third Edition. It's an irreverent, funny guide to the Walt Disney World parks, filled with off-the-wall insights you'll be repeating to your friends and family, just like Greg does. Get your copy today by clicking the link at micecast.com. Thanks again for listening, and join us again next time. What they're giving Cause I'm working for a living Oh, oh, oh.